What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Mavs Film Room Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Apaji, joined by my friends and Mavs Film Room co-founders, Rohan and Fazel. It's yes, the ungodly hour of 12.26 a.m. on Friday, April 15th, just under 36 hours before the Mavs begin their 2022 playoff run in game one against the Utah Jazz taking place here in Dallas. Obviously, the big story this week has been Luka Doncic's calf strain that he suffered in the final game of the regular season last Sunday. Uh, report came out today from Shams Charania suggesting that it's unlikely that Luka is going to play in game one, although the Mavs have not officially ruled him out yet for the contest. But we will know more later today as the Mavs will be required to release their injury report, I believe, around 5 Eastern, 5 p.m. Eastern. So, um, you know, in, in, in about 16 hours, we'll, we'll, we'll get a better sense of where things stand with Luca. I don't think he's going to play in game one, uh, but hopefully he's ready to go by game two. Um, but we'll talk about that. We'll also just quickly recap the season, what we learned and how it sort of uh, translates to this matchup against the Jazz in round one. But first, what's up, Rohan? What's up, Fazel? How's it going, guys? Uh, going extremely, extremely well. Um, season ended, and there's actually so much to talk about. So I'm not going to say much, but uh, I'm excited to be here. Excited for the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, same here, really. Things are going good on my end, too. Um, if I haven't felt really this good about the Mavs, you know, Luka injury notwithstanding in God knows how long. So happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, it's a great way of putting it, honestly. Like, uh, I haven't felt this way about the Mavs really since the 2011 team. Uh, no other Mavs team has really, like, inspired this kind of optimism or confidence in me. I mean, you guys know me. I'm, I'm pretty pessimistic when it comes to, to, to sports um, in general <laughs> or the Mavs. But uh, this team really does have me believing and of course, the Luca injury was a really big uh, damper to all that. But like I said, hopefully he's, um, you know, he's able to get back sooner than later. Because I think, you know, if he can play at like eighty percent, even, I think the Mavs are are poised to win their first playoff series in, in in over a decade. I don't know what it is about these season-ending matchups against the Spurs, but I am always emotional in the worst ways during them um obviously last time was Dirk um and this time it's just yeah I don't even really have words uh but hopefully everything is gonna come up sunshine and rainbows and uh Luca may miss game one but I think this will be a competitive series and it'll be a series that I might fly back to Dallas to to actually watch so yeah, same here, because personally, um, I think I'm going to go to game two myself, so Luke had better be back. Um, but honestly, we're kind of getting lucky having him come back in this series at all, and you know, hopefully he's not rushing back, but just by the amateur signs that we've seen throughout all these videos, he seems to be, I mean, better than what a grade two or three strain would imply, I'd imagine. Uh, maybe he's not like Maybe it's not as minor as grade one, but it doesn't seem like he's going to be out for, you know, a month plus or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that's good. I It's good to have him come back at some point in the series. 
And I do feel optimistic about this matchup, even without Luca. Like we've seen regular season footage and obviously the chemistry for the jazz has not been the greatest to close out the season. Um, so we'll uh, certainly have things to look out for. It really is a bummer that Luca is dealing with this injury. Um, I mean, in general, obviously, you never want to see your star player get injured right before the playoffs. But specifically for this matchup, because I feel like if Luca was healthy and, you know, there was no question about his status going into game one, like, I feel very confident in saying the Mavs could win this series in like five games. Uh, just seeing that the, the way that the Mavs have played the Jazz this season, you know, like you said, even without Luca on the Christmas Day game, uh, you know, the Mavs got very close to winning that game. The Jazz just uh, did a little bit more than the Mavs did. But, you know, Jalen Brunson um, put up a pretty valiant effort uh, in, in his own right in that game. Uh, and then in the games that Luca played against Utah this year, uh, you know, especially the ones in Dallas, I mean, he was in full control of that game. The Mavs really, you know, imposed their will on, on Utah. Uh, Gobert playing, Gobert not playing, it didn't matter. Uh, and so I really felt good about the Mavs' chances, and, and I still do right now. I think with Dinwiddie and Brunson, Mavs have a lot more options to go to. Uh, it just really comes down to can they expose the Jazz's defense uh, for what it is, right? We know Luka can get being the transcendent player that he is, but can Brunson and can Dinwiddie do enough um, to, to do that? Can they sort of recreate what Luka does best, which is break down the defense, uh, kick it out to shooters, uh, and then, you know, on, on that note, can the shooters actually knock down their shots? Because kind of the, the story from the last two playoff series that the Mavs have played is uh, when the Mavs shooters don't hit their shots, it becomes really bad for them because they they were and they still kind of are a jump shooting team. Of course, with Dinwiddie and Jalen Brunson's improvement this year, they do have some more looks on offense. But uh, it's really going to come down to guys like Reggie Bullock, um, Dorian Finney-Smith, um, and of course, the pick and roll chemistry between whoever is the lead guard and, and Dwight Powell. Those are really the keys that I'm looking for uh, in, in a Mavs versus Jazz matchup that, that Luca is not playing in. I think getting Dinwiddie at the trade deadline makes this not as miserable as it would have been otherwise, obviously, mm -hmm. um, because otherwise we would be waiting here with bated breath, thinking that we have nothing that can make up for that playmaking or that scoring. Um, and obviously you can't make up for the scoring and playmaking of Luca, but you can mitigate his loss. Um, and I would say Spencer in particular is from all the quotes that I've seen from the coaching staff, just extremely, extremely aware of what the team needs him to do and what the team doesn't need him to do. Um, and he doesn't have an ego about those things. Um, so I, I think if anything, we'll see a good game one from him if Luca isn't there. Um, I'm more worried about Jalen, if I'm being honest, I think there is a little fear that he could be exposed a little bit, but that being said, his three point shooting, not only in terms of his efficiency, but his shot selection has gotten a lot better over the years. Um, and he's always been a good finisher at the rim. So it's now it's like you said about those shooters and with how good Reggie Bullock has been to end the season I'm not as concerned about that either uh weirdly enough and uh, I'll pat myself on the back there before I hand it off to either one of you I kind of predicted that it's just whatever 
You know, Reggie Bullock has been really good um, for the Mavs, like in the second half of the season. Um, and I think like it's reasonable to expect it to continue in this series. And, and in the games against the Jazz, like in the most recent one, I believe Reggie Bullock had an outstanding game. I, I think he had like six or seven threes in that one. Um, so he's obviously going to be a huge part of, of the whether the Mavs are able to win the series or not. Um, and it's good that, that he's on the team now. You know, last year, uh, Dorian, Tim Hardaway Jr. were their, their perimeter shooters. Obviously, Tim Hardaway is out with injury this year, but um, Reggie Bullock kind of gives them more of a two-way element that they didn't have uh, and takes some of the pressure off of Dorian Finney-Smith on defense as well. Uh, they have a few different looks that they can throw uh, the opponent. And, of course, like it helps that the Mavs aren't going up against Kawhi and Paul George, which is arguably the most difficult uh, tandem in the league to defend against besides maybe like Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum. So, you know, I, I think that that is a really big boon for the Mavs in this series. Uh, they match up really well against Utah, and Utah is not a good defensive team uh, when Gobert is not on the floor or if the, if the offense can find a way to bring Gobert away from the basket that provides a lot of opportunities, um, you know, to, to really expose the Jazz. Uh, none, none of their players, whether it's Mitchell or, you know, Mike Conley, uh, Bojan Bogdanovic, none of those guys are known for their defense. And so I think that provides the Mavs guards really good opportunity to break down the defense and kick it out to shooters who are hopefully going to hit their shots. Yeah. So um, first off, you guys make both real good points. And secondly, um, <laughs> I'm so glad we have Reggie this season compared to Josh Richardson last season. Not to say that Rich hasn't actually been playing pretty well this season. He's been but good this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even so, I take this version of Reggie over, you know, Rich this year just because um, Reggie has stepped up quite a bit in games that matter, um, or at least he's shown that ability, you know. Um, but to you guys' points, uh, yeah, so Utah, um, this is a bit, you know, bad on my part that I can't, like, cite the exact statistic, but I saw something like over their last 22 games to end the season or something around that, they finished exactly 500. And then, you know, some of their last few games that they've won were mostly against bad teams, um, you know, like the Thunder and whatnot. Uh, and they really don't have much of an answer for, you know, they haven't shown much with Mitchell and Gobert both on the court against teams that are actually good uh, to end the season. So that, you know, just because they've had a little bit of momentum heading into the playoffs doesn't mean that their issues are resolved by a long shot. And this season is good for the Mavs, you know, compared to last year, because we actually do have, I mean, I can't say we have depth, but we do have some uh, more than last year, I think, especially on the wings, which is one of Utah's weak points, because they do have good guards and they have bigs just by the way of Gobert alone, but their wing defense, their wing production, you know, it hasn't really been, that much like they're one of their best players on that end is Royce O'Neal who's a fine role player but you know if you're expecting him to like shore up that end of production from that entire position uh that's not really that's not really going to do you much right there and then yeah I have to agree with Rohan that you know the acquisition of Dinwiddie was a great move for you know, in general, but this series specifically, because, um, 
without Luca, I feel like most players are going to suffer. I mean, obviously. However, Dinwiddie has played notably much better from a scoring standpoint when Luca isn't on the court, uh, both in terms of his volume and efficiency. So looking for him to carry at least some of the load that Luca does, uh, I think he at least has that potential to do so for a couple of games. That's really all we need. You know, if we had Luca out for the whole series, uh, obviously I would heavily favor the Jazz. And even now, I'd say it's at least 50-50. But just for a game or two, do I think Spencer Dinwiddie can carry us to, uh, you know, a win, at least one win? Yes. And that is, that's such a massive thing to say when you have a team that's like, you know, built around Luca with, without Luca. <laughs> so um, yeah, yeah. And I'd say two additional X factors. One that I'm not really looking to as much is Davis Bertans. Um, he has shot pretty well from distance to close out the season. Um, you know, the volume hasn't been, otherworldly because he hasn't really seen that many minutes on the floor but at least you know he's at least he's hitting his threes now so that is absolutely something to look out for you know as as a spacing threat against the jazz and anything that spaces out the court against them and draws gobert out to the perimeter is great um and the big x factor that i'd say for this series is dorian finney smith um you know i went to a one of the games against the jazz last season and that's the game where Dorian hit like, I don't know, a bunch of threes. I think he scored 20 plus and he made Gobert look silly because Gobert was defending him. And I think this is like where some of the motivation for that quote he just gave out earlier, like today or yesterday comes from. Because that game, you know, he wasn't as developed as he was this season. Like this season, he took a big leap, in my opinion, in terms of like his ability to create. Last season, he was quite a bit more raw and yet he made you know, the jazz looks silly. So, um, and he's only been doing more of the same against so many other teams this season. Like I do, I do think that we should be placing a little, some expectations on Dorian. Um, this could be a big series for him and yeah, I'm, I'm actually excited to see what he does. Yeah. That's a good point that you mentioned Dorian, because I think that's been the most impressive uh, aspect of his game this year. Like, I didn't think he had it in him to become the playmaker that he has. And it's not to say that, you know, he's a guy you can uh, consistently count on to initiate offense, but like last year, like at the end of the shot clock, if he was in the corner and some defender was closing out hard on him, you couldn't trust him to, you know, dribble out of that and, and try and make a play, drive, either drive to the basket or, or kick it out to someone else off the dribble. But this year, like we've seen time and time again, his ability to, first of all, knock down the corner three, at an elite rate and secondly make a play out of the corner if needed you know obviously the game plan when guarding Dorian Finney-Smith is going to be to close out hard on him uh, in the corners because that's where he lives uh, but now that he's able to do this um, you know I, I think it's just going to be huge for the Mavs and, and and we see it in his production like he averaged a career high uh, in, in scoring this year at 11 points per game um, and he's just been huge for the Mavs and I think you know I wouldn't say he's the x factor in this series just because like you know, you know, we know how important he is to the Mavs. I think Dinwiddie is probably going to be the X factor in this series, uh, especially, you know, with Luca being out for at least the first game. And, you know, also like you mentioned, Davis Bertans. I think if Luca was playing, if you asked me who the X factor in this series would be, I'd probably say Davis Bertans. 
Um, and I didn't think I'd be saying this even like <laughs> two or three weeks ago. Uh, but, you know, ever since he came back from that injury, he's been shooting the ball really well. And I've said several times, like if the Mavs can get that kind of shooting from him, like even 10 points a night, um, you know, in, from him, like that's going to be huge in the playoffs. Like if he can give them even two three-pointers or three three-pointers in a game, like that, that's an additional six to nine points that they weren't getting before. So, um, you know, Davis Bertans is one of my X factors, but I, I think I have to go with Dinwiddie right now just because it's it's the obvious reason that when Luca's out, like who outside of Jalen Brunson is going to create for the Mavs. Right. Um, good points all around. Uh, Fossil with pulling Gobert out to the three-point line. Um, it that is something that Bertans actually uh, may end up helping for, which I did not I did not see happening um, at that and, trade. And also, so one more one more quick thing. Wrong. Sorry to interrupt, but I, I got to say that like the you know we've seen the Mavs deploy small lineups pretty you know aggressively, especially since the KP trade. So um, I would look for the Mavs to do that in this series too, because that's probably their best shot of pulling Gobert away from the basket. Like, I don't think that Utah is going to prefer to stick Gobert on Dorian Finney-Smith to start the game uh, because of what you said, right? Like, you know, we saw in that game, Dorian just ate him up. Uh, but, you know, if Dorian is playing the five or Bertans is playing the five, like you said, it's going to be hard for Utah to keep Gobert on the floor uh, and near the basket. But I'll let you continue. So, yeah, Bertans could definitely uh, have a couple of, good games it's just you need a you need a run or two there um my my x factor after saying Dinwiddie obviously has to come from the other team and I, I just have to say it's like bodies they just have a lot of bodies that they can throw at the Mavs that the Mavs don't have and on top of that Luca not being in the game means at least for one game maybe two maybe more than that knock on wood that doesn't happen um that the Mavs could have a much, uh, not a much larger, but a larger rotation than the Jazz are using, um, which I am not necessarily confident that would play out in the Mavs' favor purely off of the rotation. So we'll have to see. Um, I think Rudy Gay in that last game had a couple of really nice defensive plays, and I don't know whether he can replicate that necessarily, but... They have bodies. They have Hassan Whiteside, Daniel House. I mean, you can't you can't discount any of these guys. So I'm actually afraid of the Mavs defense being exposed because this is the best offensive team in the league based mm -hmm. off of metrics. Yeah. So it's a big test. Basically, what we have to hope for, because you are completely right, even at their worst, the Jazz we'll shoot a bunch of threes and they will generally, you know, especially over the course of a seven game series, you can expect them in most games to hit at least an average number of those threes, um, you know, average efficiency, I should say. And that alone is worth quite a substantial amount of offense right there, you know. And Bogdanovich has been a guy that's killed the Mavs in the past too. Like he didn't play in the last matchup that the Mavs and Jazz had, but in the one before that, and I think the one before that one too, Bogdanovich was a big uh, producer. So, I mean, he's a guy that the Mavs need to cue in on defense as well. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, yeah. Um, we don't have any answer for Gobert. Never have. But um, <laughs> I think defensively, at least, the key is just hoping that 
you know, what we, whatever we do to slow down Donovan Mitchell, because he hasn't had very many uh, good games against the Mavs this season. I don't know if, if he has had any, you know, in terms of scoring and efficiency, which he, uh, you know, has obviously that's his main draw. Um, if we can, if we can contain him, he's basically the head of the snake because he will eat up most of the, you know, possessions when he's on the floor. So, um, if we can contain him, we have a real good shot. And then obviously once Luca's back out there, as long as that holds, um, I'd go as far as to favor the Mavs. Yeah. I think you said it best. Like, you know, obviously the, the big story from this season has been the Mavs improved defense. Um, and it's, it's, you know, I think we've seen it uh, and the metrics will show this too, that it's gotten worse since the KP trade uh, just naturally because the Mavs have had to play smaller um, and, and their lineups are not always uh, able to contain, um, you know, bigger players on defense despite their best efforts. I think the, the good thing is the Mavs have solid defensive fundamentals. And, you know, even if they are getting scored on, uh, it's not because they're not trying. And that's a good change from the previous few years where their defensive scheme was just uh, exposed time and time again. Uh, you know, they're going to play hard on defense. Um, but yeah, it, it really does come down to, can they, can they get enough stops on, on Gobert uh, or even Whiteside for that matter too? I mean, I think Whiteside is, is a guy that's liable to, to go off against the Mavs, um, you know, when he's in the game. And so can the Mavs just do enough on defense to, to slow the Jazz down? And, you know, I hope that they can also get some favorable uh, shooting performances as well from, from Utah. Uh, but yeah, to your point, Dorian Finney-Smith has done a really good job guarding Donovan Mitchell in all the matchups that the, that the Mavs and Utah have had this season. Um, and so I expect that to continue um, in this game. Of course, Donovan Mitchell is kind of, uh, you know, known as a playoff performer. But uh, again, with this Utah team and all the chemistry issues that have been pretty well documented, I think all bets are off as to how we expect, you know, the stars, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell to, to produce. Yeah. Uh, a couple of other things aside from even the chemistry issues, their, their metrics in terms of their passing and their, and their turnovers aren't great, or at least the turnovers that they're able to force for their opponents. So those are areas where the Mavs definitely have a strength. Um, and also they're not very good at getting steals either. They're pretty middle of the road or even below average there, but they're, they're 27th in the league. Uh, at assists per game. So, yeah, uh, I think the Mavs do have strategic advantages as well. It, it will just have to see how many of those actually play in without Luca on the court. That's a really good way of putting it um, because, you know, with Luca, this team, we can, we have a lot of assumptions that we can make about them, um, how they're going to play, uh, what you can expect on, on really both ends. But without him, um, you know, we, we haven't seen the Mavs play too many games uh, without Luca uh, over the stretch run of the season here in the last, like, you know, 20, 25 games or so. Um, and even when they did play without him, it's usually against lesser opponents like the Rockets, for example. Um, and so, you know, the Jazz are probably the best team that they're going to play uh, without Luca. And so uh, it remains to be seen, like you said, how many of these prior assumptions that we've had about the Mavs still hold true. Like, will their defense still hold up if they're not able to create on, create on offense at the same level as they were before. That's a question that, that I don't know the answer to. And I don't think anyone knows the answer to, um, you know, could they be better without Luca defensively? Um, you know, even though Luca has been pretty good 
on defense this season. Uh, he still doesn't have some of the elite athleticism that other players have. Um, so, you know, if Josh Green is taking some more of those minutes, could they be better on defense? Who knows? Um, and I think we'll find those answers out pretty quickly in game one. Uh, but I think it's time that we make our series predictions. And I'll let you guys have some caveats on this one, because obviously the status of Luca is a big, um, you know, big determinant in, in how we think the series is going to go out. So I may start. So, you know, I think if Luca misses game one, I like, and only game one, I think the Mavs can win the series in six games. If he misses two games, I think I would say Mavs in seven. And if he misses more than that, I, I don't know what I would say the series would go to, but I don't think the Mavs could overcome him missing three or more games. So, yeah, just like you, Jay, um, if Luca only misses one game, I feel pretty confident in saying Mavs in six. If Luca misses two, uh, it depends on how we do in the first, um, you know, in the first two games at home, the homestand. If it's a one-one split, and you know, we basically did our business in terms of buying enough time for Luca, I think it could also end in six. Even then. Um, However, if we go 0 and 2 and Luca just hasn't been ready, you know, and we're forced to sit him in game two, even though we don't really want to, yeah. Um, I actually don't know if if we could win that because we'd be staring down an 0 2 hole. Um, and if we if Luca misses more than two games, we'd probably have to be up 2 1 or 3 0 for me to even entertain the idea of the Mavs still winning the series. Otherwise, it's probably going to be pretty ugly. Um, yeah, yeah. My prediction is a little, yeah. I, thank you for giving me the caveat, Jay, because I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna use it. Um, I think the first game the Mavs might win purely because the Jazz have not game planned properly for the team without Luca. Um, I could be entirely off base there, but my feeling about the team based off of what I've seen as this season has gone on, especially with the bench unit with uh, Dinwiddie is that they function so much faster than the team does when Luca's on the, on the court, on the court. So we could very well see a good lead at half or like we could see some good performances by some of those shooters early on in the game and see a win even without Luca. But like y'all have said, if Luca misses three games or more, I do not think the Mavs win this series. Um, but if Luca makes it back for game two, I would say the Mavs win in six. Yeah, I think what happens in game one is really going to determine how the Mavs handle Luca going forward. Like if the Mavs win game one, and I think that's a distinct possibility, just, you know, kind of like you said, purely off of like the adrenaline, I'm sure these guys are going to come and juice into that game. So I could see something, you know, like that happening where the Mavs take game one, you know, then are you more comfortable sitting Luca in game two? Do you kind of, are you okay with splitting the first two uh, home playoff games uh, and then bring him back for game three in Utah? Um, you know, if the Mavs get blown out in game one, I expect the, the Mavs to probably try and see uh, if they can get Luca back for game two. Um, you know, so I, I think really the result of game one is going to determine how they handle Luca's injury uh, going forward. But yeah, I think we're all in agreement that 
with Luca playing, the Mavs are probably a decent favorite to win the series. Um, if he misses a couple of games, there's still a decent chance they can win. But if he misses more than that, it's, it's really hard to envision the Mavs, um, you know, winning just purely off of the talent gap that missing your star player provides you. Not just a star player, uh, MVP caliber player. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I know he didn't get the credit that he deserved this year, and we could go on for hours about why that's, uh, excuse my French, bullshit. Um, but the way he ended the season was ridiculous. He was just on a different tear. So yeah. if he can come back for game two, it's, it's a world of a difference. Yeah, I mean, having that MVP Luka um, in this series, I mean, Jazz have nothing. I mean, and I mean nothing that matches up to that. They, they can't stop him. And, you know, that's why it's such a bummer, right? Because if Luka was playing, like, I would say Mavs in five, like, in a heartbeat without thinking. But now I kind of have to be like, oh, well, you know, if he misses one game or whatever. But so that's what sucks about it. But I, I'm really excited for the series, man, because I think that the Mavs, are, are well equipped to, to win this series. And I think it would just be a huge sigh of relief or weight lifted off your back, whatever you want to call it, if the Mavs <laughs> can finally win in the first round uh, for the first time in 11 years. But at the same time, if Luca has to miss um, a chunk of the series, then I don't think anyone is going to hold this one against the Mavs, or at least I hope not, because it's kind of unreasonable to, to expect to, you know, to win a playoff series without your MVP candidate. I think maybe if we were there uh, in 04 when Dirk got injured, we would have said the same thing. Oh, they, they would understand, right? And he didn't get the majority of the criticism for that loss. I think that was in the conference finals, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but it, it definitely did become part of a narrative. Uh, I, obviously, the media isn't as cruel necessarily, but uh, I, I, think, I think there's a a rhyme in the feeling of, hey, we have one of the best players in the world, but for some reason we cannot get out of the first round of the playoffs. And maybe that's just who we are. And I don't want to get to that point again in my mask. Yeah. I'm a I know, I know. I've thought about that a lot. And it's uh, something I'd prefer not to experience again. Because obviously it felt great when we won in 2011, but just dealing with the constant you know, narratives and pressure like, oh, you know, they're always a one and done team. They're a good regular season team that can't win in the playoffs. I'd rather not have to go through that again. So absolutely. I also feel like they'll take away MVPs from Luka in the future. So we got, we got to start getting those, uh, those first round series under our belts. Yep. Dallas Mavericks. Absolutely. And we got to finally start winning at a 60 game pace for the whole season instead of like, you know, half a season or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think, you know, if the Mavs can maintain their win pace of the second half of this year uh, throughout most of next season, I think Luca would win the MVP hands down, but that's next season. And we're about to get to the playoffs and this call is about to end. So maybe we'll do the outro after these messages from your local Mavs film room station. All right, guys. Well, I think that kind of wraps up our playoff preview for the first round matchup between the Mavs and the Utah Jazz. Uh, it's obviously going to be a really exciting series. It sucks that Luca is probably not going to play in game one, but 
as we've said, ad nauseum at this point. Hopefully he's back by game two. But regardless, I think it's going to be a very entertaining series. And just keep the faith and, and believe because I think the Mavs are, are poised to finally conquer their playoff demons of the past. And knock on wood on that too. And uh, I'm not religious, but prayers up to Luca. You can have my calf. I'll mail it to you. And, you know, this is just the start because after this, we're taking down Phoenix. Then we're going to take down Memphis. Then we're going to probably take down Milwaukee. And then we'll be the freaking world champs, baby. Yeah, that would be amazing. (laughs) I I always dream about that feeling again. And, you know, I I feel like now that we're older, we'd definitely be able to (laughs) enjoy it. (laughs) 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 I can't even say that with a straight face. Yeah, Uh, yeah, now that we're adults and can actually participate in the festivities surrounding a championship celebration. (laughs) Yeah. Nah, it would be amazing. And also the Mavs got a Mavs won their championship on the road. They got to win one at home because I just think that would be insane. Being in Dallas, I, I would like I would love to be part of that. That's such a J thing to know. It's like this obscure trivia thing that like isn't that obscure, but you would only really look at it and feel like it's important if you were Jay and you obsessed over Mavs history. Yep, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, let's no, take it. Was... Sorry, go ahead. I was in downtown Dallas, like coming right out of a Mavs game seven that we win the title for. I I'm sure I'm a hundred thousand percent certain I'd be like arrested as part of a riot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I'd be putting freaking uh, Philadelphians to shame. Yeah, it, it, I feel like the Mavs are, have gotten to a level of popularity in Dallas that. I don't know, maybe I was too young to notice it back in the Dirk years, but it definitely seems like a lot more people care about the Mavs now than they did at any point in my in my Mavs fandom. Uh, maybe, maybe since, you know, when they were in the, the, in the NBA finals um, that year, like I think that was when the interest was obviously really high. But I feel like throughout this season, there's been just a ton of interest in the Mavs uh, in the city. And I think that's a, that's a cool energy and, and hopefully will will do us well in the playoffs yeah uh very quickly i will say the reason why i think that that's the case is twofold one the nba has like a different brand and the game is much faster now um also dirk the way he played the game did not look the same way that luca plays the game obviously so i i think those things also change how excited people are yeah, definitely. I mean, Luca's unlike anything we've ever seen, so it's natural that that the interest is going to be high. But yeah, thanks, Rohan. Thanks, Fazel, for for joining me on this podcast. Always great to to do these with you. It's been been a while, but um, I know that this playoff run will provide us many more opportunities to, you know, get on get on podcasts and and talk about the Mavs. So uh, looking forward to that. As always, thanks for listening, guys. Um, please follow us on. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, be sure to subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at Mavs Film Room. Um, you know, we'll be tweeting during the games. We'll be tweeting after the games, before the games. We'll be tweeting every waking moment of our lives here in the playoffs. So be sure to, <laughs> to follow us there. And 
We'll see you next week when the Mavs are hopefully on the precipice of sweeping the Utah Jazz in the first round. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have anything to say other than Spencer Dinwiddie, you have all of my hopes and dreams right now. You are the father that stepped up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think you guys both put it the best. All right, we'll see you all later. Go Mavs.